Educated Hustle Podcast. This is this is your host, Paul Latvidere Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Before we jump into it, we got to remind our iTunes listeners, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. Simple. Go to the podcast app, search for our podcast, click on it. There should be a button in the middle that says review. You click on that, leave us that five stars, and just say a few kind words, parting words, nothing too great. Nothing too long, nothing too short. And we accept all reviews. And we're trying to get more notable. So by you reviewing the show as a dedicated listener and a fan, we are able to get more guests like the one we have today. So please, 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 we can't stress it enough. Leave us a review today. Let us know how we're doing so we can go ahead and continue our business. Now on to the show. Emilio. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. That affirmative action opening. Gotta love it. Definitely uh, felt my suit and tie get steamed and pressed when you were talking. So uh, definitely <laughs> all about that business. But I mean, it's been, it's been great, man. It's It's been great. It's, it's hard to believe we're already getting towards the end of January. It's 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 crazy. It really is. Bro, that went by so fast. Right? It, and I'm just looking at where I was beginning of January to where I'm at. Now I'm just like, oh my gosh, like my baby's about to be uh, one month old. So I was like already just like, wow, like time is 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 going going so fast but man pretty much you're gonna be graduating uh in a couple you know before you see it right (laughs) man i don't know about it being that fast now that's that's man (laughs) rick flair right now that's i can't even think about it like that but it's it's just been it's been a great year it's been crazy and it's 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 wow but you know i think the cool thing about it is as these weeks go on our guest levels come up and i think today like we got a guy that it does a lot of great things, such at his age, marathoning, and I think it's listen for a treat. But before we get into what he does, I think my co-host wants to talk about how he kind of got into his own little marathon over this past week. Yeah, man. Um, so basically, I tried to uh, train for this half marathon, and I'm not gonna lie, y'all, I, I didn't go all in. I didn't go all in on my training, uh, and the results showed. Because when I showed up at that half marathon race, man, I was like two miles in. Like, bro, how am I gonna finish this? How am I gonna finish it? Um, and like three hours and fifteen minutes later, I completed it. But, whew, I, I just wanted to let y'all know, man, it, it, don't don't go half stepping on a on a half marathon because the, the results. Uh, that I experienced were, were not worth it, bro. And um, if I had it all over again, I would have definitely taken my training regimen uh, to another level uh, because four years prior, I was able to complete a half marathon in, in two hours and 30 minutes, which, you know, it's not the fastest time, but uh, it definitely was a, yeah, it was a huge mm-hmm. accomplishment for me. Uh, so to kind of uh, come to where I'm at now, uh, I was like, man, this this was difficult, but um, to segue that into our guest, uh, Mr. Martin Parnell, he is a professional speaker, an author, and a five-time Guinness World Record holder. And he also does marathons beyond marathons. And he runs for children uh, in each marathon that he does. And he was able to uh, fundraise over $1.3 million dollars uh for his charity so it's an amazing interview that we uh get to partake with mr parnell and uh he gets to tell us a little bit of tips on 
you know, how to be successful through his marathon uh, running and his experiences in life. So definitely uh, it's going to motivate me to get my my act right for my next uh, half marathon or next marathon journey. Oh, man, we about to see Usain Paul, right? Back in the college <laughs> days. <laughs> no, it, wow. it, it, it it really is, you know, I mean, I, I give a lot of respect to my goals because I, I already know I'm not a marathon person. Like, I, I, nah. But Mr. Parnell did challenge me, so I might I might have to dip my toe out into the street, do a little do a little running, and you know, maybe my own way to my own marathon. But to get back on Mr. Parnell, like it's 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 credible, it's amazing. You know, you you have this guy here who, you know, during all those things that he accomplished, that Paul was saying, he also you know was able to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Like he did all of this in his you know fifties and. We're out here in our 20s. I'm just like, Kilimanjaro Marathon? Nah, I'm good. But for him, he was able to say, no, bring it on. Like, it, just have that passion and have that uh, have that um, display of just raw determination. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, he, he's, he's, he's got a lot of energy. For, for an older guy, he's got a lot of energy. You know, he, he definitely came out here and he, he was surprising me and Paul with how much, you know, energy he has and how quick he is to the punch and we're excited to really bring him on there because we think he's a game changer interview and he definitely definitely made january one of our uh you know a better month by just speaking to him because he he inspires this call of action to you he really i don't think you're going to listen to this interview and not feel like you should do something better like you you won't be able to leave without feeling like okay i gotta do something because that's the infectionist that he has and it's so incredible to, to just to have him with us on this episode because he he really delivered such a raw and powerful and just very insightful very wise um testimony and we're glad we're able to bring it to you but you know enough of us gushing about it, enough of us talking about it let's get you right to it without further ado let's give you mr martin Purnell. All right, folks, and we have today, our guest is Mr. Martin Parnell. He is a professional speaker, author, and a five-time Guinness World Record holder. Martin, how's it going today, man? Yeah, good. Thank you, guys. Excellent. All right, and we're just going to jump right into it. I just wanted to know, um, tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Well, I'm originally born in England, uh, emigrated to Canada at the age of 21 and worked as a mining engineer for 25 years in the mine uh, up until 2003 when there was a major change in my life and uh, definitely a change in in uh, the journey that I, I was on that's that's incredible and I mean could you could you kind of give us an insight on like what was that major change which kind of left us on a cliffhanger right there <laughs> yeah yeah it was um uh it was devastating for me um i was married uh, to wendy uh, we have t- had two children but at the age of 46 uh, wendy was diagnosed with liver cancer and within six months it died and, and you know i was working uh, in the mining industry wendy was a teacher and suddenly my world was turned upside down um my two ch- children were were of adult age and within a year they had both left home with their partner. So for me, suddenly from, you know, being a family of four of us, there was basically you know, me on my, uh, yeah, the job I was doing just, just wasn't fulfilling guys. I was, you know, I, I, I had 12 years left to retirement and all I heard at work was, you know, people were counting down the retirement and 
they called it the golden handcuffs when you've got this pension dangling at the end of this period and and you know as long as you can hang in there and i wasn't prepared just to hang in so so i quit i quit and started a new journey yeah that must have been uh super difficult to to start your new journey but you decided to you know push on through it and uh you know, became a five-time Guinness Book World Record holder. So, you know, tell us about, you know, how did you start training and, and what was that process like? Well, it was, it was, a, it was the longest journey. I, I, um, I quit my job in 2003. My, my two kids, uh, Christina and Kyle, were very supportive. Other people thought I was nuts to do that, to, you know, give up the job. But I needed to do something. So, the first thing I did was I decided to give myself two years, um, sort of a, a break of two years to, to just to try some things. And one of them I did is I, I wanted to see Africa and I cycled from Cairo to Cape Town, a group of 30 of us over four months. And uh, that changed my view of a lot of things. One of them is I did sports with kids, tennis and running with the children in Africa. And I saw the power of sport. And um on this journey, I came back to Canada. I was running, doing doing marathons, and I heard about a charity called Right to Play, and I wanted to fundraise for them. And so I decided to do 10 quests in five years, and five of those quests were Guinness World Records, and they included uh, the longest game of netball, uh, lacrosse, five-a-side soccer, biggest game of hockey, and biggest game of ball hockey. So, so you know, I did these Guinness World Records for a purpose. And the purpose was to help children around the world. So they were a means to an end. And that is a great means to an end. I, I, I mean, that's, that's just literally gems you're dropping right there. I kind of want to go back to your organization you just mentioned, Right to Play. Now, you know, you didn't say it, but, you know, you're, you're a big deal to them because over the course of time through all those events you did, you actually were able to raise over $1.3 million for the organization. So could you just kind of tell us what, right to play it just a little bit about it and why it means so much to you yeah absolutely um after i came back i saw the power of sport and play i didn't know what to do with it it was a great trip but i didn't know how thing or even make a little difference and i i was a little bit lost but then a friend of mine introduced me to this organization called right to play uh their headquarters in toronto and their founder johan koss is is a norwegian he emigrated to canada and he has four gold medals in speed skating. And he traveled the world and saw, you know, the plight that children were in. But he also realized that play can can change a child's life. And what he did is he developed uh, play-based programs, sport and play-based programs <clears throat> that teach children uh, key life skills, leadership and team building and conflict resolution. So it doesn't teach them a sport per se, but it uses the skills in sport to learn about these life skills. And when I heard that, when my friend told me that, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, the, the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together make a difference. Here's an organization that is making a difference in 20 countries around the world. So I decided to try and figure out how could I fundraise for this group. Nice. And you did a great job doing it. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you're still, you know, you know, helping out kids today. And I think that leads into my question is, um, you know, people want to, I think people want to start and be more charitable, but it's kind of hard to do uh, like how you did as far as making it something you do as a, as a career. Can you kind of tell people, you know, 
how you got that to become like more of a means to an end and help kind of support you and uh, at the same time we're able to fundraise with others? Yeah, I think, you know, it. it's over the last two years, it it, it comes down to this. Um, you know, I believe in life, you don't have to do a lot, but you've got to do something. And, you know, the question I challenge to people is, you know, in, 2000, in uh, 2017, what is the something you're going to do? And, you know, we can all do something. Um, the friends of mine, you know, run a 5K run and then they, they you know, raise money for their favorite charity. I think the key is that we can all do something and it's all the little things we do add up to a huge thing. Um, you know, for me, I sort of got into it um, full bore. I mean, it become it's become my life. Um, in 2010 was the first quest and that was, you know, where I ran five marathons a year, 50 in total, and we raised $250,000. You know, it, but it all started with 5K. So every journey starts with the first step. But just take that first step. That is so true. And I mean, that's what we prophesize and truly promote and educate us was that you got to take that first step. And we're glad to hear that you've taken it. But I think one of the, one of the cra- craziest things about you, Marge, just, you know, talking with you is like, you know, you're full of so much energy. You're full of so much passion and so much you can do. And, you know, um, you, you're able to, during that time period of 2010 to 2015, you weren't exactly like, you know, a, a young gun, not to take away anything from you, because obviously age is just a number when it comes to you. But like, how do you find all this energy to still be proactive and still do things when, you know, according to time and, and society, you're in the age where you kind of have to slow down, take it easy, probably shouldn't do as much activities as you should. Yeah, you're right, guys. I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> I'm 61 <laughs> years old, but you know what? But let's be clear. Let's be clear. Um, you know, I, I would give you guys a race anytime. You know, I, I'm a bit competitive. I'll be honest. And, oh, you'll um, beat me for sure. I, think it's, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you get challenged. You know, right there. I, I, I like to take on. <laughs> I like to take on a challenge, and um, you know, to me, this it's an interesting um, thought. I'm in the so-called boomer age group, I guess, and I, I, I'm imagining you guys are, I don't know, millennials. Is that that kind of period? You know, the mm-hmm. thir- mid, th- early thirties. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, uh, late, late 20s, more late, late 20s. Late 20s, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so you know, for our group, uh, um, we're into a life-change situation. You know, many of us have had you know, careers, and with us, it tends to be either one or two, you know, companies or whatever. And now suddenly we're meant to retire at whatever, you know, 55, 60. But the fact of the matter is, statistically, we've still got another 25 years to go. And I am not going to sit in a rocking chair for 20 25 years. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. So, so I've picked a purpose and a cause that is going to drive me on. And that is uh, very fundamentally at the heart of it is my granddaughter, Autumn. So she's 12 years old and she's just gone to high school. And I want to be an example for her. I want to be a grandpa, you know, grandpa who does stuff, who shows her, you know, uh, some of the things in the world that she won't see from the media or from other, um, you know, communication sources. And so that is what drives me every day to be a good example for her and for my my two grandsons. Um, and then as that, on a bigger picture, if I can help kids and, um, you know, help them with education and sport, that's, that's all part of it. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and definitely, I, I, I love the passion. I love the drive. And um 
you know, you're definitely motivated me to keep going in my struggles. I, I just ran a, a half marathon and I could barely finish. And you're out here running five marathons a week and all that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's gotten me motivated to get back into the swing of things. So for sure. Well, guys, I'm going to send you my learn to run a marathon training program. OK, that's oh, a big see? step, man. Yeah, that's a, that's big, a step. big step. <laughs> but you know what, talking to you, we, we might have to. I mean, you, you know, you're out here 60 something and you're challenging us, you know, young, young, young kids. We got to we got to show up. You know, we, <laughs> we, we got to we can't just take it sitting down. So, you know, you, you might hear about us on the marathon scene soon. Won't say we'll be blazing the track, but, you know, we that might sounds make an good. <laughs> I promise that you I'll do it. At, I'll do it at 61. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Paul. No, 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 man. Okay. Oh man, I wanted to know. Like, I'm sure you know. You talked about traveling to Africa, um, but I'm sure you've traveled other places as well. Could you probably highlight your best trip and some of the best moments during those uh, travels? Well, I'll be honest with you. It just happened three months ago. Now, it was um, the most amazing trip I have ever done in my life. I traveled to Afghanistan to run a marathon. Wow. That's crazy. How how did that go? How did uh what did you see out there? I know we have a bunch of stereotypes about what Afghanistan's going through, but how was it through your eyes? What happened was um, in February 2015, I was diagnosed with a clot on the brain. Um, I was at a, a conference. I was the keynote speaker, and the night before, I felt sick. I had a migraine, and the organizer said, "Martin, we have got to get you to hospital." So they took me to the hospital in Winnipeg. Uh, they get that scan massive clot right across the top of my brain and they put me into an induced coma and suddenly from being super active I, I needed help to walk from the bed to the to the toilet just 15 feet away my whole life changed and for the next uh, nine months I was convalescing um, at home I, I just started walking I really you know couldn't do very much and I was feeling pretty sorry for myself but in, in October of, uh, of 2015 um, my wife, Sue, gave me an article about the very first marathon of Afghanistan, and it was held in a town called Bamiyan. There were 30 runners, 10 international runners, and the rest were Afghan men, except for one Afghan woman. Uh, her name was Zanab, and she became the very first Afghan woman to run a marathon. And what that just blew me away. But what kind of, you know, struck me more was it talked about her challenges and for, for marathon runners, the uh, the challenges normally are hydration, nutrition, uh, pace, you know, blisters. But for her, they were uh, verbal and physical abuse. She was running in the streets of Kabul. Uh, people were yelling at her, prostitute, get off the road. And they were throwing stones at her. So what she had to do was go back to her home and run inside her walled garden for training. And I thought to myself as I read that article, Martin, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. This is this woman has been through an amazing amount for her dream of running the marathon. And I said, if I got better and if I could run again, and if I could run a marathon, I would go to Afghanistan and run with her and support the women who are doing this, this running. And on November the 4th last year, I ran the second marathon of Afghanistan with the women. Wow. 
And that's incredible. I mean, that's this, powerful. That is right. Like it, it, it's, it's crazy. And when you said it about the, the, the Afghan woman, I mean, you know, that's just things in America you you never think about. You know, when people like when, when we decide we want to do a marathon, we're just saying, okay, we have to be conditioned, right? We have to make sure that we, you know, we, um, we can keep up. But she had to deal with, you know, the the, the ridicule, the the backlash, and I mean, it really just puts perspective, like how easier our journeys are over here than over there and i mean that's amazing props and that's definitely had me that definitely makes me want to go and look up more about that woman because that's such an incredible story to know that she went through and did it like it's even more just amazing because i'm sure you know if it was me in particular if i have a stone thrown at me i'm quitting <laughs> stones are no no those, those, that's well, a big deal <laughs> but i mean it, it, yeah, it was it was yeah it was it was huge guys i mean i mean uh you know, and it got me thinking, and I, you know, to be honest, when I started, you can appreciate my wife, Sue, that I wanted to go. It was great concern. I mean, it's the same, you know, for us here in Canada and you in the States, you know, the media is, you know, obviously we hear about the bombings, the Taliban, and on and on, um, and it's relentless. And yet, you know, I, I, it struck me that here was a group of 10 international runners who had run this. So it was, you know... It, there was something that didn't quite add up. And so I started doing my own um, uh, investigation. I, I believe that as individuals, you know, we hear a lot on the news and from different uh, sources about what we should think and hear. But I think it's up to us as individuals to really dig, uh, you know, below the radar and see what's really going on. And it ended up, I, I met two, two people who travel to Afghanistan on a regular basis and also a travel company who has done a ski trip the last six years to Afghanistan. I mean, you never hear of this. And so there is concerns going to that type of a country. But it's not just one story. It's not just, you know, we hear as we hear, everything's getting blown up. The people are living there. And when I went there for 11 days, the people that I met, the locals, were so hospitable. It was a, a complete eye-opener. And that's crazy. I wish we heard more stories like that. I wish, you know, it wasn't so much about the bombings and, and the terror that happens, but it was more of the more of the local heroes. Like we really need to hear more positivity around the world so that we can get a better picture of the world. Because there's a lot of people I know in the States who are, are xenophobic, like they really hate foreigners. And I think if they heard more stories like that, they, it would break the mold. Well, guys, the good news... The we took a film crew. Okay. Oh. And we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna make a. Uh, there's gonna be a feature film made called The Secret Marathon. Oh. We gotta put that on our calendars, right? Is 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 that is that uh is that is that an exclusive? <laughs> is that or is that no? No, it's gonna no. We're uh, no. Don't worry. You'll be you'll be hearing about it. Um, and I'll send you the trailer in the next week. I'll send you the trailer for it, okay? If that's all right. That is great. I mean, yeah, that's we'll, beautiful. Exactly. We'll definitely uh, promote that to our audience. I mean, yeah, that's 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 insane. I, I would be really interested to see that movie. That would be really interested. But I mean, if we can kind of, yeah, you're gonna, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm sure it is. I, I just wanted to ask. I mean, just to get back, <laughs> I guess back on um, um the interview side of things. You know, earlier we 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 mentioned how you have set. Uh, five Guinness World Records. We kind of want to ask, like, do you still currently hold any of those today, or do you even hold all five? We still hold two of them. So okay. we still hold the uh, the longest game of lacrosse. We still hold, and the most people in the game of ball hockey. Yeah, we still hold those. 
those two. But as in life, there's other people come along and, uh, you know, they, they go longer and higher and faster. So uh, we still, we don't hold the other three. Yeah. Wow. Two is still very impressive. That's probably two, two, is more, good. Than, two more than I'll ever get. So, I mean. Yeah, I'm just trying to get one. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny, Martin. We're, we're having such a good time with you. And I also wanted to dive into your uh, professional speaking. And I just want to know, you know, what are some of your tactics to, to motivate uh, the people you speak to? Yeah, I think the key thing is to um, is to relate to your audience, is to, you know, is to have stories that that they can relate to in their in their lives. And, you know, I'm I'll be frank, as a kid, uh, as a baby, I was a huggable baby. Um, the politically correct term is fat. <laughs> so I was, a, you know, I was a chubby I was a chubby boy. And so I, I was never picked for any teams, any sports teams. And, um, you know, it was it was kind of sad. But the good thing was mum and dad uh, played sports with us, with the kids. So so I've always loved sports. Um, so I'm kind of opposite to an Olympian. Olympians are, are very good at, you know, one thing. I'm I'm very bad at lots, but I love sport. Yeah. So so the key is, you know, relate to your audience, um, have some humor, but also, you know, challenge them a little bit to, to do something different. Leave them with a call to action at the end of any talk. And for me specifically is, you know, making a change in their lives, maybe getting outside their comfort zone and in some way helping others. I mean, so fortunate to live in North America. I, I don't know. It's it's amazing. And, and absolutely there are issues, but there are people worse off than us. Let's be in the world. And, you know, there's only one planet, guys. I don't know of another one I can go to at this point. So let's make this one work to the best for everybody. Exactly, exactly. There's so much. Oh, man, that answer was so great. I mean, the, the first thing I got to start was huggable baby. I, I've never heard it <laughs> phrased that way. That's, that's <laughs> definitely a unique take. And then, uh, you, you know, you're, you're definitely right. There is only one planet. So, I mean, we, we have to do our have to do our best to to, to help everyone out and, and share what we know. And it's, just, it's, it's very just inspirational how you um you're able to talk. And it, it really does. I feel like you're you're a giant call to action. Like I feel like this whole interview, you know, you you. I can't speak for my goals, but I'm sure you agree that we, you really make us want to go out there and make the world better. And it, it's great. It's great <laughs> yes. hearing that because you know, um, a lot of times, you know, it's supposed to be the the younger generation supposed to give that to you. But it, it's great seeing the older generation, like someone like you, saying, "Hey, no, I can do it too. Let's go out and make the world better, and let's go out and conquer this thing." So I mean, once again, I I just want to thank you for being you, basically. Like that's. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. I really. Mm-hmm. really appreciate it it's well deserved and we got to get on to something else amazing you've done so you had your debut book marathon quest in 2014 it was honored by the cbc radio with the recognition of alberta's top five authors how does it feel to have a journey that resonated so much to people that despite it being your debut it garnered you such acclaim yeah it, again another part of the journey where you know, I I um, never thought that I'd have a book. Uh, and again, I have you know, going back to school, I I was so bad, bad at English language. You know, I, I the spelling and the grammar and oh my gosh, like once we had a spelling test and I, I was caught cheating. I mean, I couldn't. I'm a terrible speller. But what happened? But I loved reading and I loved um and I loved writing. I just wasn't that good. But over the years, I you know, it's like anything. Um, you just got to write. And so I started blogging. And again, it, I just put all my feelings on the page about the structure and the spelling and so on. And so over time with anything, practice, you know, practice running, 
practice writing, practice music. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Somebody said to me once, you know, you're an overnight success. Well, I said, yeah, it took there is to be an open so it takes a lot of work guys you know it's this instant gratification stuff that's only true on hollywood and tv it's you know to get there you've got to work you got to work and i think that's one thing that i've done with my writing and other things is that i just kept going i did the blogs you know put the blogs together um got a publisher very fortunate but a lot of hard work and i think you guys know that um sometimes we want things a little too quickly and and in our society it seems like if you don't don't get it, you know, within ten minutes, move on. Yeah, I definitely hear that uh, happen a lot uh, to a lot of people. Just even some people that we've interviewed, or some people that uh, we see, you know, they start a project and then stop. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's because of the instant gratification that you know you didn't see the goal uh, so quickly, so you gave up. But I'm sure being a marathon runner helps. Like <laughs> you're you're locked in for a long time, so you're you're pretty good at setting long-term goals yeah i guys i look i said i wasn't that good at sports but i have a gift i I have honestly a gift from god which means that i'm i'm very good at doing long boring things um i just (laughs) i just just keep going and go and (laughs) the energizer bunny right i'm glad you found your niche man long boring things that's dope (laughs) you know what yeah, it's a long haul. I mean, I just so for some reason, um, you know, I, I have this ability of just, you know, plugging away and and, you know, not getting too down and not getting too up, but but keep knocking things off. And I do I do. You know, one of the things I maybe share with you is I do chunk things down. I, I live my life in 10 minute chunks. So when I'm running a marathon, I run nine minutes and then I walk for one minute and I do that for a number of reasons. It keeps it in a manageable chunk. So I'm not worried about the next, you know, half an hour, hour or two hours. I've just got to get through nine minutes. And the one minute I take a drink and I take some nutrition and I do the same thing when I'm writing a blog. So I'll write 500 words. And then I know if I'm consistent, that'll build up to a thousand and five thousand and so on. So I think chunking down is a really good skill, you know, no matter what you do to help you, um, you know, achieve, achieve your goal. Man, that's that's key. That's key because um, and I kind of wanted to transition into that. I know you've you know you self published several books now, and you've also used the publisher in your writing. Um, I wanted to know if you could describe you know the best of both worlds, and and which one do you prefer, self publishing a book or having a publisher work with you? Yeah. So my yeah. So my first three books were self published, and um. They were they were bestsellers in my house, okay? Because I bought all the copies. Ah, dang. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you know, so that's one so way to get the sales up, right? Is a, it's <laughs> yeah, but it's too expensive, guys. Um, you know, they're absolutely so. And the, you know, nowadays, the beauty is uh, basically, you know, anyone can publish a book. Self-publishing is amazing. Um, it's a tough go. You obviously you control uh, all the aspects of it, but also you pay for all the aspects. So, you know, for me to get a publisher, I was thrilled. It it's, uh, it took a lot of the issues away from editing. Overall, when I look at the self-publishing and the uh, and the traditional publisher, I'm very fortunate to have uh, Rocky Mountain Books as my publisher. They publish 40 books a year. 
and 20 in the spring, 20 in the fall. And I have a great relationship with them. So oh, there's a lot of give and take, not just you know one, one direction. And so for me, uh, I really like having the traditional publisher uh, deal with my book. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great to hear. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, guests on here who, who have been offered. So we never really get to dive in between the self-publish and getting a publisher. So it's great that you kind of broke it down and told us your preference. I'm sure that illuminates a lot of our listeners because, you know, you are right now you are playing people that do want to write a, a book one day. And so it, it's always interesting to see how people's um, different approaches and how they tackle that. Because writing a book is, like you said, a big endeavor. And it's definitely something worth commending. But I kind of want to go into like an overall time period for you. So we're going to we're gonna talk about 2010 to 2015. Now, if, if you've listened to this interview, you should know over the course of that, over those years, you've had a lot go on in your life, Martin. And a tremendous amount of um, just moments where you could have said, hey, I don't want to do this. I just want to quit. Let me, let me live a simple life. But you didn't. How did you, you know, throughout that time period, just kind of keep yourself motivated, keep yourself pushing, knowing just, you know, you, you had so many things you could have said that people would have been like, all right, like, I'm, I'm too old. I don't want to do it. I just want to do this. Like, how do you keep pushing for excellence in that time period? Yeah, as you said, that was the five year time period where I did the uh, the 10 quests, five of which were the Guinness World Records. The others, you know, included the, well, the first quest is was really the biggest running the 250 marathon and then. Um, another one was climbing Kilimanjaro in 21 hours, climbing to 19 and a half thousand feet, uh, running around the coast of England, a marathon a day and lots of issues on those, you know, all, all through that time period. Um, and what, what kept me going, it was very simple. It's not a complex thing. Um, if I had been doing it for myself, I would have quit probably after week two of the, of the marathons. I, you know, for me, it was just, it's so hard, but, but I made a commitment to the kids. I, I said to the kids that I will try my best to do these 10 quests and raise that million dollars. Because I knew that for $50 gives a child a right to play program for one year. And um, I had visited the children in Benin in West Africa. I went over there and saw the conditions they live in. And I saw the joy that these right to play programs bring to them. And, and, and that's the burning embers inside of me that on a day, my leg is and um you know bash my leg and i didn't want to get up to do another marathon but that got me out of bed when i thought you know what i committed and i think commitment's kind of a key thing i know in our society again i think it's a little, little um it's something that you know can can come and go but for me i don't know i committed that and uh you know with every fiber of my body if i could get out of bed then i would you know finish the day and do what i said so that's what kept me going on with commitment that i'm children definitely and uh kids remember that kind of stuff i know anytime i work with kids um and you make a promise to them they'll come back like a month two months later three months later like hey did you do you remember this are you still gonna get this for me so like i know it means a lot when you tell a kid that you're gonna do something for them and you actually pull through so definitely commend you on that yeah well my you know my mom and dad and i'm Guys, I could be frank, and I don't know you, but I think it's probably the same with you. You know, they always said, um, you know, your word is your bond. I mean, if you say you're going to do something, that's, you know, that's huge. And so, you know, I've, I've kind of lived by that. If, if I say I'm going to do something, I do my best to do it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But that's kind of big, I think, in our society is, you know, 
talks kind of become cheap. We can say anything and it doesn't matter and you can make promises and break them. And I just think we're losing something there. If we're, you know, I'm shaking, I'm, I'm this. I think that kind of means a lot. It does. I mean, integrity is very key. And, you know, it, 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 it's sadly, it's becoming a, a dying art form. You know, a lot of people like to say stuff just to appease someone in that moment and then have no intentions of actually um, ever doing it. But, you know, definitely you're educated. So that's one of the things that we stride as integrity, because, you know, we, we can't inspire people to want to do better if we don't if me and Paul don't hold ourselves accountable. So, I mean, you're right on that. Like our, our parents definitely had a hand in teaching us integrity and, and being honorable and it's something that we try to do every day because like like i said you know that's the best example to separate people absolutely i mean and again I, you know it's it's interesting as an individual you know what do you really have you know when you strip away all the consumer items and all the other stuff you've just got yourself and you've got your word and you've got your inte- integrity and authenticity and you know it's a tough go it's it's you know you you can get lost time I agree. I agree. And um, I had a question for you. I wanted to know, man, you've done so much uh, with the kids and the, and the marathoning. Um, you know, what's next in your journey? Well, great question. I'm glad you asked that one, guys. Um, so this year, 2017, is Canada's 150th birthday. We're 150 years oh, old. happy birthday. So big, yeah, big celebrations in Canada. That's an old baby. Um, if you come up to Canada... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you if you come to Canada, you can go in. You can enter our national parks for free for the whole year. Uh, visitors and and um, people who live here. So so you know, whoever you're coming up here, uh, a big party time. So what's happening is the Calgary Marathon. Uh, they have a weekend uh, in, in at the end of May. They're holding a 150k ultra race, and I I've signed up for it. Oof. Now. The way that works is we'll be starting at 6 p.m. at night and we start running and the race finishes at noon the next day. So I'll be running right through the night into the next morning to noon. Jeez. That is Are you guys up? You want to join me? No, no. You know what? We got to start with the five. Yeah, we got to start with the five k first. So you know. Let me start with the one k, man. That's what I got to start at. I don't know about the five. The one k. But I mean, that's incredible. Like at at just you know your your inspiration. I mean, like I said, like just at your age, you're still you're still doing phenomenal things. You're still aiming to do phenomenal things, and it's 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 incredible. well, Martin, I mean, we're just thankful to have you on episode today because you you dropped gems, you dropped a lot of gems, you dropped a lot of insight, and just you, you dropped hope and you dropped inspiration. That's the that's the most we could ask for a guest to come on here. But before we you know see you off, we kind of went at you with the famous educate hustle two piece. The, you know, the last two questions. The first one's always easy. How can the people reach you or get in contact with what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So if they go to um, to www martinparnell.com that's my website uh if they go on there they can find my twitter handle facebook linkedin uh videos uh donations everything's there and if they want to call there's a big button to contact me there so i'd love to hear from folks yeah any thoughts you got i'm i'm always up for an adventure guys you know so um who knows maybe down your thing together 
Hey, I mean, that sounds like a great, a great thing. And, you know, we definitely know you're always down for adventure. I mean, you're, you're already planning your next big run. So, I mean, <laughs> adventure definitely seems like something that's right up your alley. Um, the last question is even, well, I, I can't say simpler, but it's, it's a big one. You know, it's no, no pressure. It's the last question. Just, you know, what might be the last words that our listeners hear from you on this episode today? But what are some parting words that you want to give our audience today? Yeah, well, I think I want to come around to, uh, and I may have mentioned it earlier, but, you know, in life, um, we don't have to do a lot, but we've got to do something. And so I'm going to challenge the listeners for 2017. What is the something you're going to do? What's the one thing that you hadn't planned to, but you are going to do? And that's going to make a difference in somebody else's life. So I'm just leaving it to that, guys. Perfect. And we want we thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we look forward to seeing you and your journey and uh, continue to connect and and. And we're gonna we're gonna stay in touch, man. I think uh, you bring such a good vibe that we're gonna definitely stay in touch. So we look forward to hearing from you again. Oh, I'd love to be on. Yeah, I'd love to be on again, guys. And uh, yeah, I'd love to keep the conversation going. Oh man, well, Martin, once again, it's been a pleasure. I mean, re- reality's been you've just been money all day, and we're we're just glad to help bring you to the educate us listeners. And we truly appreciate you coming on and spending time with us. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great weekend, and uh, give that give that little girl a hug, eh? <laughs> we'll do. We'll do, Martin. We'll do. And there you have it, folks. Mr. Martin Parnell giving us them life stories to move on and prosper. Emilio, what'd you think? Man, it's incredible. I mean, just... We got this guy who's 60-something years old, and he's just so much energy, so much passion. It's kind of like, I hope when I'm that age, I'm able to do the same thing, because he seems like he's ready to go. Like, he's just bouncing off the walls. And I know when he challenged me and Paul to, to a race, man, I was like, hold up now. <laughs> you can go ahead and get it. You can go ahead and get it. I, I, I think I'm good. But, I mean, it, it, it's incredible. And the thing about the thing I'll take away the most of this interview is just how just inspirational he he is because he really just inspires at least i can say for me he inspired me to want to go out and do more because he he talks with such as levity and such as hopefulness that is like we can do so much more we could be so much more and it's crazy like you know he, he has all that tragedy in his life and then he's able to turn that tragedy and, and make it into a warming you know great experience for like not only himself but other people that you know he he may never get to meet because i mean that 1.3 he made for right to play that's going to go to kids who'll never get to shake shake their hands or, you know maybe see but it's like he knows that he did his part to ensure that they would have a better life and it's it's just very you know inspirational heartwarming and it, it's it's great to know that in this older generation you got guys still out there that are willing to take that call and you know don't don't let age or society say they shouldn't do it they would still want to go and push and do more and i mean it's it's incredible like i speechless is what he kind of left me because it's just like wow like th- that's so much to live up to and i'm just i'm very humbled and honored that he just even took the time to step out and speak to us because i mean i think we all needed to hear that episode like that's such a great episode to hear yeah for sure uh out of tragedy, out of tragedy comes triumph, man, and mm-hmm. he's a he's a walking definition of that. Um, and the story with the Afghan woman who uh, couldn't train for marathons in public because people were harassing her, mm-hmm. so she did it inside her home, bro. I mean, right. that's powerful, right? The like fact it's... that he, you know, yeah, he dropped that gem on 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 the, on the, on air. Uh, so I hope hopefully he gets the trail out to us soon, and 
and uh, we'll be able to promote that thing yes. so much. So yes. that, that'd be great. I mean, I want to be in the theaters first day. The way the way I feel about it, but I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's incredible, and ah, uh, that's I think I think for twenty seventeen we need to hear that interview and be in that interview. That's what I think. That's a that's a great start, and I really hope our listeners feel the same way because there is so much so much to gain from listening to Martin speak and hearing what he does. So I mean, I I I just hope that you guys really got some out of it because me and Paul definitely did. But you know, yeah, sure. we're definitely gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop gushing, let the close up the geyser and bring you on to some other um important news. How you, yes, you can reach us. Educator Hustle can be reached with a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educator Hustle, that's all one word, Educator Hustle. There you post snaps, a little behind the scenes things, just kinda let you know what we're doing, how we're doing, of course, give you that inspiration that you're looking forward to. We are also on Instagram at Educator Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educator Hustle Podcast. There we do you know, pictures, promo for episodes that are out for that week. Just to kind of keep you in the loop and let you know Educate Hustle is still here and still inspiring. And then, of course, of course, of course, of course, I'd be remiss if I were to forget. You can also follow us on Facebook at Educate Hustle. That's two words, Educate Hustle. You know you reached the right page because you'll see that logo that you guys all know and love. And now I got to take, 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 take a break from that plugging to bring it to some other plugging. Please, 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 if you have not already, review us on iTunes. It's so easy. It's so simple. All you got to do is go to iTunes podcast section. Once you go to that section, you search Educate Hustle. You'll find our logo. You click on it. It'll say in big purple words, write a review. All you got to do is hit that button. Give us that five stars. You know what I'm saying? And then write a little, you know, some words about it. The, the review could be simple. It could just be it's lit. Or you can go even more detail and more of that. But we just encourage you, if you have not already, please, please, please leave us a review because review brings our awareness up, brings our popularity up, which brings more guests to us. And that gives you better episodes. Martin came to our show today because he heard an episode. And you know what? He might have heard it because one of you guys wrote us a review. So you never know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, do your part to write the review so we can get even more great guests on. Woo! And now I gotta take a break from that plugging to go back into our initial plugging. Now, if you want, we are also on Twitter at educated underscore hustle. Once again, that is educated underscore hustle. There we do tweets, daily interactions. That's probably one of the best and quickest ways to reach us because it goes right to our phone. So we're there to be able to say, hey, right back to you as soon as you say something to us. And then last but not least, if you really feel like this episode or this show just brought you this emotional feedback or maybe gave you that holy ghost then please do not hesitate to email us at educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, it's educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. We're wide open, collab opportunities. You want to be on the show. You want to let us know how great we are. You want to let us know what, what you want to do to help out or how we can even get better. We're here for everything. So once again, educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And as always, man, you got to lead us out, bro. Lead us out. Man, people, I just really hope you take a page from Martin's book and you just learn that there's so much more going on to what you are initially thinking. Like, you, everyone thinks that they're in such a big trouble or deal, but it's like, you know, you have the woman in Afghanistan who can't even run outside of her home without getting, you know, being called a prostitute or having stones thrown at her. So you kind of have to take, take, take. A lot of insight into your own problems on what's really stopping you. A lot of times what's stopping us is just we don't want to do it. Either we're too lazy or we just don't want to do it. But, you know, you have a woman out here who's willing to risk, you know, all this backlash or persecution because she really wants to do something. And that's what you kind of have that, that mindset of, like, if, if there's no real big tangible thing stopping you, go out and do it. 
Martin said it best. He wasn't the best rider he was, but guess what he did? He rode every day to practice, and eventually it became secondhand. And on his debut, he won top five offer of that year. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I don't know about y'all, but if, I, if a guy who openly told me he's not good at something then came back to win top honors of the year, I'd be taking the same path success that he took because there's something to it. So please, 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 we ask you go out there, accomplish something, be something, and of course, you know, lead your way into your own hustle because that's why we all here, baby. That's why we all here. That's why we all here, and we all here to get educated, and more importantly, stay educated. And keep hustling.